with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host. The gatekeeper around the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing with me. Is the blonde bombshell herself, Ann Carrigan. Well, good evening, everybody. I hope you're doing well. I'm so happy it finally rained. Yay! <laughs> rained? We didn't get any rain. You didn't get any rain? Nah, we've had rain all week. <laughs> I hope so. God, it's like the Sahara Desert around here. Oh, it's no, no. blowing down my street. No, it's been good. It's been good oh. here. Yeah. Yeah, we've got our share. So, anyway. Finally. And someone from uh, is joining us now where it's always raining. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Steven Scott, you with us? Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi. Oh, my God. It's been so long since you've been on. It has, yeah. So long since so, we've seen you. <laughs> yeah, even longer. Yeah. Even no. longer, yeah. It, it's interesting because I, I just noticed in the, in the messaging that uh, uh, Steve says, yeah, I'll do the show, but... Uh, I have to get up early in the morning, too. It's like, uh, what time is it there, Stephen? It's midnight now. Oh, uh, God bless you. Wow. <laughs> sleep, sleep is overrated anyways. Right? Yeah, sleep is overrated. It's sleep when you're dead. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> I want to potty when I'm dead. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. After this world, I want to have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dead people just want to have fun. That's all I. It's my model. Ah, oh, we put. In, we need to put that on a T-shirt. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Stephen, uh, yeah, it has been a while, but uh, you know, one thing I was. It's not raining there, is it? Oh no, it's hot. It's hot mm-hmm. just now for for Scotland. Wait, it's wait. quite hot. Yeah. All right, for hot, you want to explain hot to us? What it's you the- believe is hot? Okay, the opposite of cold. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, hot in Scotland is about. Uh, wait till I think about this. Now I think we're going to be hitting about 23, 24 degrees centigrade. Oh, you're not going to convert that for us? Ah, uh, come on. Uh, no, I've, I'm preaching to the converted here. Um, <laughs> uh, hang on, uh, give me a chance to Google this. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Google. who knows? They tried to teach us, uh, uh, you know, centigrade, yeah, yeah, Just proper temperatures. Uh, hang on, I'll tell you the now, uh, 20, I'll call it 24, about 75. Oh, my god, that's, that's beautiful, that's lovely, yes, yeah. no, that's <laughs> hot. Uh, we're talking about, uh, let's see, uh, oh. I can't convert that, but 100, uh, 90 degrees here in the 90s, not close to 100 in some places. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a different heat, though. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's like a dry heat. Not here. Not here. It's like oh, 90, no, no. 97% humidity. 
with it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's true. <clears throat> uh, I live in Massachusetts for a reason. It's because I don't want to live in Florida. Mm. So or South Carolina or North or Carolina or any, any Carolina, any hot place. <laughs> right, exactly. Or Texas. <laughs> as much as we as much as we bitch about the snow. Arizona. <laughs> but it's just no, no. Throws throws us all off. I'll take it because even if it does get hot, you know it's not going to last. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Anyways, so Stephen, uh, you, I, I'm always curious about this because you know you're from a, a different country than us. If you didn't know, just thought I'd tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, growing up, how was ghost stories treated in Scottish culture? Um. That's interesting because it's invariably it's endemic in the culture here, even down to our national poet, Robert Burns. Uh, if you look at some of the the poetry that he wrote, particularly there's a very famous poem called Tam O'Shanter. Mm-hmm. It, it's all about the supernatural ghosts, witches, uh, that type of thing. So it's in in those kind of terms, the kind of supernatural and ghosts are, are uh, intrinsically brought together within Celtic culture. We're all, I wouldn't say we're all brought up to believe in ghosts. That's maybe the wrong way to put it. But um, mm-hmm. we certainly have enough odd stuff from our past and our history that leads you to a place where the concept of the supernatural and ghosts is not as uncommon as it may seem. Okay. I mean, I know, like, for you, from the United States, the, the latest, uh, well, not the the, the uh, Gallup poll said that uh, I think about fifty percent of Americans believe in ghosts, or forty percent, or somewhere around there. That's would, it. Would it be high, yeah, it's not many. Uh, uh, would would a higher higher would it be higher in in Scotland? I don't know. I'll be honest. Um, yeah. I think it would be comparable. It, Again, it depends on the definition of ghost and spirit and yeah, I guess, I guess that type of thing. Um, most people consider ghosts. They think of the Charles Dickens classic ghost walking along, shaking some chains or rattling stuff, or they think of uh, the type of things that they've seen on TV. Everything's changed in the past twenty years regarding what we perceive a ghost to be and uh, how we would choose to interact with it. I mean, nowadays, it's apparently it's perfectly fine to go into a place where, if you choose to believe in them, ghosts reside and shout at them and call them names in order to get a reaction. <laughs> um, apparently, that's commonplace now, and it's perfectly normal, whereas back in my day, uh, back, back when I were a lad, um, <laughs> you just wouldn't do that. You would go into a place where ghosts were apparently supposed to reside. You would think about shouting. A pigeon would fly out of a room somewhere. You'd all <laughs> literally cack yourselves and run out of the room. Um, so it's the, the whole culture of what 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 is a ghost, how is it perceived, and what is the proper way to treat them it has completely changed because of the popularisation of ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually let me rephrase that it's not ghost hunting the popularization of shouting at empty rooms <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i mean is that's to me is, is is so irritating uh and it's uncommon in so many shows it's that 
we we tend to believe that anything that's in a place or or any unnatural uh, or wait a minute, why would we say unnatural unusual activity, mm-hmm. it's got to be something that's a ghost, which is in the connotation of something not good. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, it's malevolent. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, it's it's kind of strange. Um, let's look at this from the ghost perspective. Let's just <laughs> assume. Let, right. Let's assume you are a ghost, yeah. and you're sitting in your ghost version of donkeys, and you're enjoying <laughs> your ghost coffee, and then all of a sudden this nutcase comes in and starts shouting at everyone in the room, proclaiming they can't see you, but they know you're there. Mm. And uh, if they don't, if you don't give them a response, they're not going to go away until they get a response, yeah. and then they pick up your donut and throw it in the throw it in the toilet. <laughs> And they wonder why they don't get a reaction. The, the natural reaction as a as a ghost that goes donkeys is to just kind of put your head down, not make eye contact and look the other way and think, <laughs> Jesus, will this guy just go away? Uh, and, um, can someone please just escort them? Where is the ghost security? Ghost security? Hi, ghost security. Um, where is, a lot of these guys now go into these locations and think, right, okay, so... There's a Victorian ghost. Uh, apparently, they've been here for several hundred years. It was the ghost of a lady, um, you, you know. And um, if you don't effing come out, I'm going to effing stay here and effing this and effing. I'm like, what? you must be a demon. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, she's like, okay, excuse me, I'm just doing my laundry. Thanks. For <laughs> um, can you move out of the way, please? I, I, I don't understand it. It's like the whole concept of the validity of the paranormal field has been turned on its head by the popularization of it and the sensationalization of it, which is the bigger thing. That, yeah. that, that is a great, a great analogy. I really yeah. <laughs> love that. I mean, we've all been in the coffee shop and the nutcases came in. Yeah. You see them coming and there's an eighties vibe goes on the back of your head. You hear <laughs> that voice of Don Johnson going over a hill at 70 miles an hour going and you just choose not to look at them and you just turn the other way and that's 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 the way i look at ghosts oh here comes one now okay that's fine we'll just look the other way we don't want to don't engage with them you know talking to the ghost kids and their ghost grandkids don't engage don't look them in the eye you know they they eat their young we'll wait we'll wait till the neds leave yes the neds the chavs yes the hooligans the young yep. thugs. The problem is they're not the Neds, the Chavs. And for anybody, anyone is, who does not know what that is, it's a it's a British term whereby um, someone who is youthful and full of the vigour of life mm-hmm. and and likes to act like an a-hole around about everyone else <laughs> is basically a Ned or a Chav. Um, yeah, but unfortunately it's not. It's usually middle-aged men balding, canning devices that tell them whether or not there's electricity not, in the room. Let's not leave the women out of this too, because I just... Sorry, let me rephrase that. There's there's balding middle-aged women as well. Um, <laughs> also using devices that tell them whether or not somebody switched on the light bulb half a mile away. And um, yeah, it's a strange field just now. Um, I'd, I'd like to say it's gotten better, but it hasn't. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, there's there's a big lack of respect for the the living also so it's kind Absolutely. of living and dead yeah. thing it just it just carries over you know yeah yeah, yeah I, absolutely I mean, that that has always been one of my pet peeves is is you know you, you 
and and this is not just with ghost with ghost hunters too. This goes the other route too, and and we're talking about mediums too, or, or, or people who proclaim themselves. Oh yeah, they yes. go in there and the the they run into a spirit or a ghost, and they, they tell this this tale about it. Uh, they say they're investigating a school. Mm. They tell about oh this principal was a a pedophile and he and he yeah. all these children and. The, the the guy said, "What? Huh? What did I do? Ah, uh, what?" <laughs> and yeah. it's like, you know, and and they can't defend themselves. Uh, so you you really you you're casting this version on on uh, this guy's name, and, and I'm sure he still has relatives that are still alive. And I I think that's exactly. absolutely a sacrilege because you unless you have proof, mm-hmm. and evidently proof is not important. Well. According to what your proof is, like, I mean, certain sounds are, I guess, are proof, and certain lights flashing are proof, according to some people. But uh, unless you uh, have, you know, uh, proof, then that's that's really not right. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Ron. Uh, you you just hit the nail on the head. It's it's sacrilegious. It's incredibly disrespectful, and worse still, something that someone says draws into disrepute. The reputation of not just an individual, but their families that are living yeah, beyond that point, exactly. and it's yeah. extremely bad taste to do that just because the so-called medium wants to be the centre of attention for a night. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. not right. Yeah. It's really not right. And this comes down to this whole aspect of, you know, with with within the religion and the philosophy. I'm I'm expanding it beyond religion. The religion and philosophy of what spiritualism is about personal responsibility mm. uh, and that's that that's always been the key thing for me is personal responsibility it doesn't matter if you're standing in a queue at walmart or asda wherever you happen to be and a spirit comes up and says that guy in front that's my dad can you give him a message hell no of course i can he's buying he's buying strawberries <laughs> uh, for some reason he's buying strawberries uh pantyhose which i've no idea why and he's also <laughs> and, and fresh milk He's not well, ready to receive a message. And likewise, yeah. if you're out on a ghost hunt or a spiritual evening, to suddenly start the crying something just to be the centre of attention, you know, you know, it's it's so strange. You're, help, help, I'm being possessed. No, you're not. You're having a mental relapse into some sort of psychotic <laughs> episode. Do you know what I mean? Of all the people in all the worlds that this supposed, let's call them, pedophile could have inhabited, why would they choose you? You know, why do you feel you're so special that this person has to come forward and say, you know, I like to be involved with children. That's why I got into school teaching. You know, I actually heard someone say that to me once. It was almost word for word. You know, that's why I got involved in school teaching. And I said, school teaching? School teaching? That's, that's, that's not even a thing. That's, that's like, how could you be a school teacher when you can't even pronounce the word correctly? You, you know, and they were like, well, Stephen, you know what? I, I I thought that was a Scottish word. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Did it's not even right by me. It's like school teaching. Okay, maybe that's how they no. see it in Scotland. I don't know. No. <laughs> it's not. We don't. That's the thing, Ron. It's bad, bad English. No biscuit. Okay. Um, it's terrible. It's and it's just people live in the moment. I've been on multiple events and I've experienced this. And we're kind of moving away from your original comment, which was about, you know, how the the kind of history of ghosts and 
let's call them hoolets and that kind of thing um, in Scotland. Hoolets is a word for like owls and things that make noises at night, oh. um, like bowls and um, uh, and it, it's a kind of um, it's, it's where people want to be. Unfortunately, we've had a, a massive, I mean, fortunately, we've had a massive rise in spiritual awareness. Unfortunately, we've also had a massive rise in spiritual awareness and a lot of people come forward proclaiming to be things. I mean, I've, I've heard some absolute horror stories over the years of what supposed mediums and psychics have said to other individuals. Oh. You know, I've got your grandmother here and she's telling me you've got cancer. You need to go and get that checked out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is just that's crossing so many borderlines. And of course, the person you're talking to says, "And I went and I got scans and I spoke to the doctor, and they wouldn't give me scans, and they spent two years of their life trying to deal with a cancer that didn't exist, and you know, started drinking heavily, and you know, lost their job as a result of that, and they went down this whole absolute nightmare route, all because someone told them an offhand comment that wasn't true and they had no evidence for." Stephen, mm-hmm. I thought the UK had a a thing about uh, like uh, a Lara and about mediums or, or we had the witchcraft uh, the witchcraft act, which was superseded by the European Consumer Protection Regulations. But God <laughs> bless the Tories, they pulled us out of Europe, and um, as a result, a lot of these European regulations are no longer in effect. But even when they were, people just do you know, the general person isn't aware of these type of things. The mm. The European Consumer Protection Regulations meant if you went to a medium and they told you something and they couldn't justify that or back it up, then you had the right to not pay them for their services. It became a kind of business transaction. The wow. same as if you go to, you, you know, the same as if you go to a hairdresser and say, I'd like my haircut, and they say, how's that after half an hour? And you say, you've not done anything. Yeah, but that's still £30 for sitting here. You, they they can't do that. It was brought down to the level of a business transaction, oh, um, right. as a, as opposed to something that you'd be tried for. You know, generally, you know, kind of hanged, chased at pitchfork level, <laughs> and you know, pursued through the fields and then possibly burned at the end of the day if you were lucky enough to live in Scotland. <laughs> um, you know, that's nice. I've got your granddad here, though. That's lovely. Oh, he gave me a message from my granddad. Thank you very much. Right, lads, grab your torch and pitchforks. Let's burn the bugger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> None of that actually can happen now. Just be like, it can happen, but that's just on a general basis of being oh. Scottish. Um, so all of that type of level, I think, can I get get brought down to a more consumer level? Where it stands right now, I'll be honest, I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. So there are laws and regulations and protections in place, and I believe in Scotland. I'll probably be misquoting this, but I'm sure the Witchcraft Act theoretically is still in effect. I don't think it's been revoked. Oh, so um, while, while they're unlikely to hang you or burn you, uh, no, sorry, it's the Vagrancy Act. You, you can still be tried under the Vagrancy Act, for example, right. if you leave a spiritualist church without any money in your pocket. I'm sure that's still in effect. What? So, yeah, what? it's a funny way. That's how they got Helen Duncan. Oh, yeah, the oh. last witch. Yeah, that's right. They got her because she had she didn't have enough money, theoretically, to get her way home. So they tried her under the, under the Vagrancy Act in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Oh, I. If I remember correctly, it wasn't because she was communing with spirits, which would have been part of the Witchcraft Act that had been revoked right. by it then. Was, I'm sure uh, they got uh, it. Was the vacancy. The, it was the vacancy act. What's something, something you said earlier, and this is my own edification, Stephen. I've always had that connotation. You met the 
uh, Celtic or oh wait a minute, how you say it? Celtic. 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 Yeah. Don't say Celtic. That's a whole world of heart. That's once the, you start talking about Celtic and Rangers. Basketball team. Sask- yeah, we have the. Oh, Boston that's the Boston. Boston uh, Celtics. <laughs> yeah. And in, in Scotland, that's football teams. Uh, oh. Rangers is the the Protestant team. Celtic is the Catholic team. All right. So what I, what I was getting at is is you mentioned in, in Celtic uh, law or something. But I forgot what the exact <laughs> quote was. But you mentioned Celtic, and I always thought the Celtic was. Ireland. Technically, as I was using a catch-all phrase uh, to kind of simplify down everything I was talking about there. When I mentioned oh, Celtic, so I'm talking about the Welsh Celts. For me, is that what you're telling? Um, <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm not the one wearing the hat, Ron. But if you want to wear a dumbed-down hat, that's fine. You can take that on board. Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. I just figured it, it, it was an easier way for people to imagine the kind of like, as opposed to the nationalist. British kind of outlook, the more Celtic, spooky kind of, ooh, we're all druids kind of attitude, um, that type of thing, uh, as opposed to. The Irish have so many. I mean, they've they've got all kinds of uh, creatures in their their folklore. Oh, yeah. Same here. Same in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have the banshee? We do have a banshee. The the banshee's predominantly Irish, but we do have various. uh, You also have the bar guest, if I remember right, which is the, the dog that howls. Yeah. to promote Ow. a death, mm-hmm. um, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, there's lots of different folklore in Scotland. And because Scotland and Ireland, I mean, we're, we're only separated by a couple of, um, excuse me, a couple of miles of water. Oh, yeah. A lot of what happened transferred over and, you know, a lot of the myths and legends between the two countries moved over. But didn't Scotland invade Ireland? I honestly haven't got a clue. <laughs> I, I, I thought uh, it was all part of this this big thing that was back and forth. I mean, uh, no, we invaded England. Yeah, you always invade somebody, but I know that. But that's because no, we don't. We don't always invade somebody. We've left. We've left Norway alone. We've left Sweden alone. We've left Iceland alone. We've <laughs> left America alone. That's a bit of a broad sweeping statement. You make it sound like some kind of weird, like kind of. Territory. Who are we going for uh, next, guys? Wanna, Spain. For a fight. We don't, we don't. Let's go for Spain. Okay, Bunch yeah, of bams. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? By the way, Spanish people are not bams. Uh, I'm just pointing out it's from a kind of Scottish perspective. No, we, we've not invaded anyone. We've only taken back the land that was stolen from us. Oh, political. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole northern... Uh, Northern uh, Ireland thing is is like a total mess Oof. in there, and that's a lot of it. And and I swear something has Scotland did something. I know that, and I can't think of what it is in my little mind because I always forget the details. But it's part. They were part of the the problem there as well. I'm just saying. I'm just. I, I could be part wrong. Of the here. problem in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> The problem with Northern Ireland is Northern Ireland. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yeah. I think you're thinking of the time of Troubles in yeah, the, the Northern troubles. Ireland I Troubles. Love and that. All that. Yeah, I love that. The Troubles, yeah. The Troubles. Mm. Yeah, they call it the Troubles. Not yeah. to be confused with Tribbles. No, under, oh, under no, that the Troubles. Understatement. Yeah. That's the, the, the UK way there. Understatement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which which isn't necessarily to do with Scotland and Northern Ireland. If I remember, it's to do with Scotland and Ulster, which brings us back into the religious Protestant Catholic thing. Yes, yes, yes. Which we that's, don't want to talk about in this show. About. 
This okay, is a family right. show. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh my God! I hope not. <laughs> How did I ever get on a family show? That was a mistake. <laughs> uh, let me see a, how we do it. Time it's right. a dysfunctional family if it's a family show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, all right. So let's let's go away from the island and let's forget I ever mentioned it. Okay. Good idea. Except you mentioned the, what? Except for the giants. I mean, there's a there's a great tale, isn't there? A great tale about the the two giants. New York Giants. I mean, uh, what oh, giants no, are we talking about? Isn't, isn't, isn't there like a, a, a supposedly a Brit? Oh God, how there's a volcanic it? fissure connects Scotland and Ireland. Yes, and what's the story behind it? If you know the legend. Oh, um, ah. it's something to do with. Is it not Cahulain or something like that? Um, it's something to do with giants throwing big boulders across yeah, the exactly the ocean. Something to and Ken Stott going, look, it's no thunderstorm, it's a thunder battle. No wait, that was the Hobbit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it something to do with uh, like large giant stone creatures throwing stones across the water or something How did along you not those lines? Are you Scottish or is that an Irish thing? Oh, it depends what again. side. Do you know, it depends what side of the water on. If you're on the opposite side of the water from Scotland, you're technically an Irish person. And if you're on the Scottish side, you're technically a Scottish person. Okay, no, I get it. No, I don't. <laughs> Anyways, we're coming up on the, the break. So, uh, but yeah, the, yeah, that's those, those, those crazy stones in between the two There's countries. a really... Yeah, there's a famous place in Scotland called Fingal's Cave, which is... I know, it's so cool, out. isn't it? It's awesome, and it very much resembles the Giant's Causeway in Ireland, so the two must have been connected at some point. Yes, <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking of. So mm-hmm. Yeah. But we are coming up in the break. Yeah. Oh, my God, really? So, you're All right. Yeah, you can go to bed in a half hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation with the Ann and Ron special guest, Stephen Scott, right here on TojiNet Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Bethlehem, Massachusetts, and our very, very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, and which Stephen Scott is, by the way. And oh. we'll be right back after the following messages. you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. 
two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne and our very special guest this evening, Scottish and good friend, Scottish spiritualist medium, Stephen Scott. Hey, guys. Hi. Well, I have a treat for you. While the the interlude, which is kind of like a break, but more official, um, while the interlude was taking place, I found the legend of Fingal. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to quick yes, Fingal, Fingal's Cave in Scotland, up on the Isle of Staffa. So I'm going to read this to you quickly, just okay. just to just to satisfy Ron's craving for weirdness. <laughs> and it's in the Celtic world, the cave, Fingal's Cave, is a place of myth and legends known as Oav Bean or the Cave of Melody. In the common imagination, it's always been linked to the Giants' Causeway of Northern Ireland. According to the legend, the two places are opposite ends of an ancient bridge built by the benevolent Irish giant Fionn MacEuvel. While building the pathway towards Scotland, Fionn gets informed that his enemy, the Scottish giant Benan Donor, is coming to fight him. Fionn cannot withstand Benan Donor's strength, so he asks his wife Una to help him. Una has nothing to do with the girl band of Saturdays, by the way. (laughs) She disguises Fionn, dressing him as a baby and hiding him in a cradle. Then she bakes some cakes, hiding some iron in them, and waits for the Scottish giant's arrival. Bear with me, it gets weirder. <laughs> when Ben and Donna arrives, not finding Fionn, his enemy, he waits for him in his house, and at the same time tries to intimidate Fionn's wife by showing her his great power, Uer Mrs. So at this point, Fionn's clever wife offers Ben and Donna some cakes with the iron in them, and as he bites into them, the iron chips his teeth. She ridicules him for being weak, saying their husband eats those cakes without troubles and feeds one without any iron to the camouflaged husband, Fionn, who's pretending to be a baby. <laughs> Bell and Donna, having seen the baby's strength, is scared to meet the father and runs back to Scotland, smashing the causeway, and so Fionn couldn't follow, so he couldn't be chased by the stronger father. And as a result, we end up with a story of weirdness. <laughs> So that's that's why Stephen Scott wouldn't didn't want to break it up because he his uh, his champion the Scottish giant got beat by the Irish giant. Uh, no, and in, in all truth, uh, I've I've never heard this story before until now until I went on world on the Scotland side. What kind of a Scotman are you? Uh, I, I'm I've, I've got hairy legs. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's pretty Scottish. I burn in the sun and I happen to think 23 degrees Celsius, knee 70 Fahrenheit is really hot. That's pretty okay. much Scottish. That's as Scottish as you get. I guess we go. <laughs> I've got the accent and everything. I sound like Shrek with a headache. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, okay. 
the, are the, are the, I can peel the jelly like, from folks' eyes, Ron. Come on. The, <laughs> I've got a donkey that talks to me. I mean, how Scottish do you want me to be? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seen, seen any hairy coos lately? I've seen lots of hairy coos. <laughs> You know, I stay up late, I swap manly stories, and in the morning uh, I'm making waffles. Waffles. Okay. So Ryan has no idea what you're talking about. I know, yeah. I'm a flying token donkey. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in Planet Earth, Anne lost the plot. Um oh Anyway, <laughs> so back on the serious note, <laughs> <laughs> what you mean when we're not talking about giants' cakes made with iron and broken causeways? Uh, okay, we don't know what kind of cakes they were though. Huh? Rock cakes, seen as they were stone giants. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, uh, <laughs> so you you are a spiritualist medium. You're, you're trained by the spiritualist church, and and you are a medium. Uh, so. What's what's your thoughts on some of these devices they have developed that they believe the dead can speak to the living? Right. Well, I think for the most part, and having used some of these devices in the past, and by some I mean one, um, I've, I think it was a K2 meter someone had and they brought along. Uh, I noticed some similarities uh, between the flashing light and the beeping and the hysteria that most people put in these devices. Um, but as a spiritualist and as a medium, I think there's a great difference between spiritual energy mm, more physical energy that we can emanate, the, the physical energy of our environment, i.e. electricity, you know, uh, infrasound, subsonic vibration, that type of thing, and what's actually picked up in these things. I think it's very important that people have to understand when they use these devices, uh, particularly mediums, because mediums can be steered very easily. Most mediums are relatively intelligent people. I use the term relatively. <laughs> relatively intelligent people but they're also potentially quite impressionable people and by that I mean that they can pick up on something and continue to run with that and they can be led by feelings if they are not fully trained and fully cognizant of their own limits of what they're perceiving what I mean by that is that it's very easy for mediums to slip from mediumship into psychic work and psychic work okay. can be powered by the individuals. And just because something's beeping and flashing doesn't necessarily mean there's spiritual activity. It means that there is something that is theoretically interacting with that device. Mm -hmm. Without you having a full battery and range of uh, understanding and monitoring of what's causing that device to, to go off, it's very easy for the medium to then become influenced by the perceptibility of the people around about them, pick up on the psychic flair caused by that, and then start working psychically instead of mediumistically. So as an example, I was on a, a ghost hunt in Glasgow once. It was getting to about two o'clock in the morning. Uh, I was tired. 
everyone was tired and it was hot it was maybe oh 10 degrees centigrade Um, (laughs) and but one of the meters just suddenly went off for no reason whatsoever so immediately my brain goes into right why is this going off are there any electrical sources um i hadn't seen the manual i didn't know what they were using I don't know if it was a K2 meter or whatever. It was an EMF meter. So it was it was picking up some sort of electromagnetic fluctuation or some electromagnetic mm-hmm. change. Or as I had not had a chance to review the materials myself, it, it had a faulty wire. I don't know. I hadn't inspected the device. So something went off to charge this. It went off for five seconds. It went <laughs> and stopped. Um it was possibly more electronic than that, but um, you you get the gist. Uh, right. So everyone started freaking out. Immediately they started freaking out. I could feel the building energy in the room. And I thought, oh, something's about to go down here. And then something moved. Hmm? We heard the scraping sound. Oh. Now, for me, then they started asking, is someone there? Can you move that again? What was that? Now, for me, what I felt was human interface with an electronic device they didn't know what it did i, I actually asked someone the day do, do, do you know what that is she said yeah it's a ghost finder and i thought no it's an electromagnetic <laughs> meter it's not a ghost finder it's um it, it really just measures electromagnetic fluctuation nobody's been able to prove that ghosts can interfere with electromagnetic fluctuation yet thanks for pointing that out Stephen. um so it's, it's uh, no what 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 you've got is is the box of biddly beep and the box of biddly beep can make noises for no <laughs> reason whatsoever. You know, if there is a badly if there is a badly plumbed toilet that happens to cause a fluctuation in the nearby power socket, for all I know, that could send off the box of biddly beep. Um, <laughs> but anyway, they went crazy, and as soon as they went crazy, we had what I can only describe as a random telekinetic event. Now you had a room full of eight people suddenly going, <gasps> and then something happened, which then made them go, ooh. And we went from oh, to ooh in a matter of seconds. And then it all settled down. And what you could feel was that kind of psychic flare of people's energy going up. And I honestly think they caused whatever that sound was to happen. Because in the meantime, they're saying to me, have you got anything? Can you pick anything up? I says, yes, I've got your gran here. <laughs> and one of the girls went, what? I was like, your gran? She says her name's Jean. Uh, she's got, you know, I've got your gran here. She wants to talk to you. Did she cause the movement? Did she cause the noise? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, she's got a message for you. And they're like, but who caused the noise? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, kind of, I'm sending That's my feelings real. out about the, the room. Going, I'm like, right. yeah, no, I don't know, because nobody's came forward to tell me they caused the noise yet. Um, and everybody's looking at me going, you're rubbish. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, no. I've, I've got your gran here for a message. Do you know what, like, what the message is? And it no. was like, no, we want to know who caused the noise. And yeah, exactly. It was just such a strange thing. So, it, yeah. you know, from a spiritual point of view, it's really important that people understand that they can affect their environment psychically. And understanding what these machines do and register and correlate to you is really important. Because otherwise, if you put all your faith in the machinery, and this is not me stating the case for, take mediums onto ghost hunts. Because most mediums on ghost hunts are pretty much useless. I don't see the point of them being there. Uh, because mediums communicate with spirit, which is different from what the theoretical 
concept of a ghost is. A ghost is a recurring or spontaneous event that happens in reaction to the people that are there from my own personal experience. Do ghosts still go through their ghostly things? Do they walk along the corridor? Do they look at the windows? Do they sit down? Do they stare at the wall? Then go, I wish someone was here to see this. <laughs> or do they only occur when people are there to interact with that energy, pick up that energy that's left behind and perceive that spiritual remnant? In which case, there's no point talking to it. It's a replay, right. you know, uh, as opposed to spiritual energy, which is where you have, from my perspective, the spirit of someone coming forward who wants to relay a message. The two are very different things and they're very easily confused. And from my experience so far, there is no indicator to identify that spiritual energy will trigger an EMF hmm. mm -hmm. okay. or other device. You, you know, it's interesting, and you bring up a very good point about PK and, and psychic energy. And uh, I, I do think that's responsible for a lot of uh, these public investigation things happening. I mean, we, we know that for instance, uh, when a crowd is at a, a home game, for instance, mm. the, there is an advantage to the home team. And, and, and part yeah. of that is involved with the energy of the, the crowd that's that's there. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's, so, it's absolutely so, nothing, nothing to do with them making more noise during the third, third and long situation. Um, it's, but it's, I get what you're saying. It's the exact same thing. The crowd gets behind their home team. They get behind that energy. They get behind that power. And it, it's very intimidating. It's it's the same as um, if you look at professional boxing, for example, most professional boxers will, will want to fight out with the home location of both boxers. Right. Because nobody wants to fight where everyone's shouting your your opponent's name and nobody cares about you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's very intimidating. Right. That doesn't mean that the, the opponent cannot win, but it's still that that actually it's a massive advantage, advantage. Advantage to the other. Right, exactly. But you know, sometimes the the better one actually well, prevails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you have, well, yeah, you know, Ron, I'm a, I'm a Dallas supporter. I'm well used to getting absolutely smacked well, at AT&T. Um, I know, it's my own fault. Uh, yeah, Maybe this year we'll win a couple of games. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> uh, no, no, wait. Jerry Jones is still in charge. We've got no chance. Um, <laughs> anyway, we're getting besides the point. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but if you can imagine however many people in a stadium focusing their intent on a team to win, mm -hmm. Getting behind that and trying to push that energy out in the world, and to and, and let's face it, when we watch sport, it doesn't matter if you're watching the Bruins or anything or the, or the Patriots or whatever you're watching. If you're willing someone to do better, you're putting that out there into the world, whether it's desperation or mild hope. It doesn't matter, you know. As a Dallas supporter, you'll notice I went for desperation first, um, <laughs> but um, as that goes out into the world and into the universe around us, it, it has to have some sort of effect because it, mental thought is still a form of energetic projection. It's still a thought of mental energy. Every force has an equal and opposite reaction force. So even by putting something out, you will get a reaction. You might not get the reaction you want, uh, but you do get something. 
And whether you've got the capability or the power or the drive to change what's happening from a, a, a I suppose, a psychokinesis point of view, whether your will can change the world is something that many people have spent their entire lifetimes investigating. Mm, right. So, so you believe that you you can, well, for lack of a better word, manifest certain things. I mean, for instance, I I I believe I have that ability in that I've had, and just little things I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you know million dollars, or else I wouldn't be living here. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking to you. <laughs> Absolutely. That's too harsh. Wow. Yeah. Harsh. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. you know, like. I, I don't know how many times like I, I want a, a certain kind of ice cream and I go in the store and I open up the freezers and the, and I look at all the ice creams and that my ice cream's not there. And I go to my grocery shop and go back again and try to get something else. And I open it up and there in the front is the one I was looking for. Or mm-hmm. if I want to pick something out and there's only one on the shelf. I mean, it, it's, I think we do have that ability to manifest things. Do you agree with that or is it? <laughs> It just yeah. A, a no, I do. Mm-hmm. No, I, I honestly do think that depending on what we're doing and the reasons we're doing it for, and this is the big difference, is that, for example, willing your football team to win isn't that it's altruistic, the word I'm looking for. Um, mm-hmm. Isn't that honourable uh, a way to use your capability to manifest? But as someone who's been involved in um, healing circles, and asking for healing and peace of mind to be given to people. Right. I think if, if you have a, a genuine focus to help others, um, that tends to get slightly better results. And I've had a lot of people um, come back to me and say, look, you know, I appreciate you, you put, for example, my mother's name in your healing book at the church and you did lots of prayers for me, sent lots of healing out. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't help. Yeah, you know, she still passed away. And I was like, all right, okay, well, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that. What was the nature of her passing away? And they went, oh, she went really quietly in her sleep. Oh, what was wrong with her? Um, oh, she had, like, cancer through her body. And I thought, and I would say, well, do you not think that's actually a positive thing, that mm. instead of being riddled with pain, she managed to go peacefully? Is right. that not perhaps a byproduct of the healing that we were sending so that she would be able to release without pain? Mm. And it's made people stop and think about that as opposed to standing there watching, you know, a loved family member writhing in agony, dealing with a terrible condition that they would just slip away into spirit and be collected and looked after. Uh, it's it's sometimes what we put out into the world, the reaction we get, as I say, that every mental force that we put out has that equal and opposite reaction force. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily manifest itself in the way that we want it to and yeah Um, the the other thing is is we're talking about electronic devices but you know things like the ouija board and and, uh spirit dowsing uh and so forth were kind of a, a way to bypass the medium uh you know because when when mediums were really popular popular in the 1800s and everything else and and they were in high demands and and you know that did cost money uh some 
people didn't want to pay or couldn't afford. So they devised other devices to try to communicate with the dead. Do these other devices like the Ouija board or, or, or pendulum dowsing have any validity in your mind? Yeah, ab- absolutely, Ron, because it's we are all psychically capable. The difference is that some of us are more attuned to picking up that extra level. And I, I have to explain this first is that mediumship is just the use of psychic abilities but instead of using psychic abilities to speak to 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 engage with someone directly and download information from them you're engaging with a third party so it's the same abilities ouija boards um dowsing rods crystals that type of thing these act as focuses whereby if and not always, but if someone doesn't have that dedicated training or that they don't want to put the years of training in, because people still ask me, how did you become a medium? And I say, well, listen, we're all technically mediums. All right, but how, do, how did you end up doing it? Well, you know, I started in martial arts and I started meditating. I started relaxing, finding myself, losing myself, realizing there was more going on outside my mind than I thought was there originally. So I investigated that, joined the circle, sat in circle for 10 years. Whoa, what do you mean you sat in circle for 10 years? Mm-hmm. I mean, I sat developing for 10 years. <sighs> is, there, is there not a quicker way? What do you want? You know, it's like, I'm telling you how it happened for me. Somebody else could just naturally, I mean, I, and I tend to think of myself as a natural medium. The, the training I got from the Spiritualist National Union was minimal. It was just a case of turning up and saying what was on my mind. And mm-hmm. all the natural stuff was there. It just, uh, luckily, I've, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm of the type of person that I, I read a lot as a child. I, I educated myself. My parents wanted me to be well educated. I still went to public school, but education and understanding and knowledge was quite important to me growing up. So therefore, I developed around myself the capability to be not just inquisitive but intuitive but also investigative with life so those were skills that helped me on i don't just take things at face value i have to have the facts presented to me from my own experience and that's the kind of way i was brought up and all of that seemed to mold me into something that has got me where i am today god help me and um there are other people that just want to do the shortcut you know Mm -hmm. Oh, how can I be a medium? Oh, there's a weekend course. I could go to that, and then it says I, I could be a medium <laughs> at the end of it. I, I'm not joking. You, you know, I'd somebody come up to you saying, true. yeah, I've been a medium. Yeah, uh, I went to a weekend course. All right, what did it tell you? Well, I take this crystal, and if it goes left to right, I'm getting a communication. And if it goes forward and back, I'm not getting a communication. I'm like, mm-hmm. hold on. If it goes forward and back, there's nobody there. Yeah. Who the hell's moving it forward and back? <laughs> right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, this is, this is nonsense. Nonsense is not the word they used. It began with a B and it was a little more harsh. Um, uh, kind of resident alien style. And um, <laughs> so, it, you know, I, I was like, you know, it's like that old adage, you know, is there anybody there? Tap once for yes or twice for no. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then you hear the tap, tap. Oh, okay. Yep, we'll move on to the next location. Like, nope, oh, hold on, mind. somebody just told you they're not there. They've either got a fabulous sense of humour or you're an idiot. <laughs> but, um, we got yeah, the humorous wait, 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 let me do the interject here in that most of those devices, whether it's the Ouija board or everything, it, it, someone is 
influencing that uh, pendulum, the the uh, whatever. And, you know, there are minute nerves and everything. But but the important thing is not necessarily how that device is working, but more on where the information is coming from. So, I mean, absolutely. So it's it's all going through the participants. But well, so you you get if for instance if you get back and forth nobody's there, then in reality you may be tapping into the energy around you and you don't pick up anything. So you're just transferring that energy to things. So it's it's not as silly as you think no, it it's is. not. But you're absolutely right. It's not the how how that pendulum is moving. It's why the pendulum is moving. Exactly. It could be coming. spirit. It could be spirit communicating through someone they don't know. It mm-hmm. could be Korsakoff syndrome. It could be anything. It could be a right. mild tremor. It could be the ground they're standing exactly. on is uneven. You don't know. And that's the important thing. Mediums should always be looking for why. Why am I getting this information? Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? We should be questioning the world around us, not just blindly accepting and it's that's a huge thing and as a from a scientific perspective and bear in mind that spiritualism is supposed to be a, a, a religion and a science okay. just to say that i get information therefore it must be correct is not a scientific approach mm-hmm. understanding the why something's happening is vitally important in promoting good ethics good understanding and good development spiritualism because i've i've been in platform which is like the gallery that you do in america and i've realized that i've actually been cold reading someone so i've stopped myself mid reading and reset the whole thing Mm. Ah. so i've gone back and said right i need to go back into this give me a second and i'll reset the energy because i suddenly realized i was watching someone's facial expression as a human Mm -hmm. being it's impossible not to do that we understand love hate fear we read these expressions Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I find, and and you know, I am so intrigued by the seance and and all that. Absolutely, I find, yeah. I find that if I keep my eyes closed, that the I have a better experience. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. You know, by because I'm closing off a certain, like you said, you, you're not gonna, you're not co-reading someone. You're, it's, you know, you're just really concentrating. It's, it's more mm-hmm. a focused thing. I mean, it, you, you teach aikido you know that focus is so important in, in that yeah, yeah. itself yeah but and in, interestingly over in the uk you can't close your eyes when you're deve- when you're delivering mediumship because then you could be in trance which means the, the information is not coming from you it's coming directly from someone else through you oh, which geez. is a totally different situation that's illegal, that's illegal. Wow. It, it's not it's not illegal but it could be misleading ah okay huh. we actually run out of time so we've i know got to i'm go. amazed yeah so, uh, Steve, I want to thank you so much for joining us. That yes. was a, that was a lot of fun. It really was, and it's always yes. great talking with you. Oh, it's always, always a pleasure, guys. I yeah. love listening to so, you and talk, yeah. and tell us stories, and sometime <laughs> someday we'll get you over here again. I hope. I would so. love to come over. Just see when I'll be there. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, anyways, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles: uh, Next Generation with Ann and Ron, a special guest, Stephen Scott. Uh, thank you much for joining us, Steve. And uh, I guess that's it. Everybody be safe and have a good night. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Now.
from goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. 